Hello everybody, good morning. It's week six, day two, and tomorrow is the first book club on Stoicism and the Art of Happiness. Now, some of you might be like, Scott, I haven't read it. Scott, I don't have the book. Let me share some bits from this book so you can all be up to date and you can maybe all join the conversation tomorrow because it's going to be a philosophical conversation. You don't have to know about Stoicism, but we want we want to chat about it. We want to inquire about this and see the truth of it. So let me share a few snippets from the book and uh, see what you think. And um, we go from it. So the Stoics refer to physical health, physical and fit. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I can't speak, guys. I don't know what's going on. I couldn't speak before, but I'm getting worse. Stoics refer to physical and fit, physical health, fitness <laughs> as something preferred, but ultimately irrelevant or indifferent in relation to true happiness and fulfillment. Cultivating a healthy character is infinitely more important to them than cultivating a healthy body. Nevertheless, we develop self-discipline precisely by trying to do healthy and appropriate things in the world, whether or not they turn out as we would have preferred. In his lecture on food, Musonius Rufus argued that mastering one's appetite is the very foundation of training in self-control. He says Stoics should drink only water and avoid gourmet meals, preferring vegetarian food that is nourishing but cheap, convenient to obtain and easy to prepare. For example, milk, cheese, honey and certain fruits and veg. He says Stoics should eat slowly and with mindfulness, exercising moderation and self-control. For some modern readers, just having still water for a week instead of other drinks might be a good initial challenge. This is 2,000 years ago and it's kind of bang on, you know, like moderation, eat slow, mindfulness. Like the Romans are just as problematic as us when it comes to eating. Um... We preferred more enjoyment and self-indulgence, particularly with regards to the most common sources of food. So by contrast, Socrates said that anything that impels us to eat when not hungry or drink when not thirsty ruins stomachs and heads and characters. Hopefully this seems more like common sense than self-modification, although it flies in the face of modern attitudes towards food and drink. We're constantly bombarded with advertising for it and we just keep eating. Guys, feeling hungry, moderate to light hunger is absolutely normal and should be, you know, you should accept it and you should live with it because there's no way in hell as humans we've developed to live this long when before the 1900s, for most people, food was scarce. There's no way that they felt a bit hungry and had to eat all the time to make themselves feel better. At one inch, one inch, one second of hunger today when I go oh my god I gotta eat I'm hungry think about it for a second why not let the body just give you a light signal saying hey you know what just finishing up on a digestion yeah feeling good though there's a lot of energy going on the body it's fine it's light stomach we're not full we're not bloated we're feeling good just let you know in a few hours time we might need some food we don't need it right now mate but we need it in a few hours maybe and how we take that is we need it right now but it's not the truth, okay? Socrates also taught his students that we should keep the body fit through appropriate physical exercise because it employed in all human activity. Even the act of thinking, as everyone knows, that people can't think straight when they have certain illnesses. He apparently favoured dancing alone at daybreak as a form of physical exercise because it involved the whole body. Overall, though, we're told that he believed that everyone should take care of their health by learning everything they can about it from experts, but also by studying their own constitution every day and observing what food, drink, or exercise actually do them good. 
2,500 years ago, Socrates, the man, was saying this, these things. How we have strayed so far away from these basic principles is absolutely mind-blowing, right? You know, we learn from experts, right, the right experts, but we have to also, like he says, study in our own constitution. What really, what do we enjoy doing? You know, what foods, you know, resonate with us? What are our macros and calories and stuff like that? Like, what is it we're putting in? Look into ourselves. Because everyone's different. He thought that ideally we should become our own physicians, learning from experience what's healthy in our own case. Xenophon likewise believed that just as people who fail to exercise their bodies become physically weak, people who do not train their character become weak as well. Um, so again, bang on. He's basically there saying become your own scientist. What we say? Mad. Stoic wisdom consists primarily in knowing good from bad, and that means knowing what is under our control and what is not. Self-knowledge also mean it means distinguishing what is under our control from what is not. To contemplate and understand our own existence is an ongoing effort, according to the Stoics, requiring a form of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a concept often associated with Buddhist meditation, but which has clear precedence in ancient Greek or Roman philosophy. For the Stoics, however, wisdom consists in realising that the only thing we completely control, by definition, are our own volitions, particularly our voluntary judgments and actions. One's internal nature. Nobody can prevent you from living according to your own internal nature as a rational being, i.e. wisely and virtuously. Number two, nature of the world. Nothing can befall you externally that is contrary to the universal law of nature, which the wise man accepts piously as determined by fate or in theological language as the will of Zeus or nature itself um, man okay let's have a look mm, skip a bit uh, let's go on about the ethics and all that one of the famous slogans of Epictetus was endure and renounce you've seen how renouncing unhealthy or unnecessary food and drink can be used as a way to practice developing the virtue self-discipline or moderation in our diet. Endurance is linked to the virtue of courage and can be developed to some extent simply by learning to tolerate ordinary discomfort or fatigue of the kind experienced during physical exercise. Musonius Rufus says that as we have minds and bodies, we should exercise both, although always paying most attention to our mind. We will train both mind and body when we accustom ourselves to cold, heat, thirst, hunger, Scarcity of food, hardness of bed, abstaining from pleasures and enduring pains. For example, Zeno, the founder of Stoicism, was renowned for his physical endurance. Rather than sit down idly to lecture, as he talked, he would pace vigorously up and down the porch where school gathered. Cleanthes, the second head of the Stoa, was originally a boxer. The third head was a long-distance runner. The founders of the Stoa, in other words, were quite keen on physical exercise. The real reason for renouncing certain foods or enduring tough physical exercise would be to strengthen the virtues of self-discipline and courage or endurance. And this is important, guys, and this is maybe the key point I want you to go away with today is, can you today sit with discomfort? Any sort of discomfort? Can you... I don't like cold showers, right? But can I have a cold shower this morning? See what happens. Don't like it? Discomfort. Let me give it a go. Can you go? You feel a bit hungry. Can you go a few hours being a, staying in that hunger state for a bit? Yeah, can you 
maybe abstain from some of those easy pleasures that you would have turned to. That cup of tea, maybe. Natalie Chambers, I'm talking to you, 16 cups of tea a day. Can you say, you know what, I really want a cup of tea right now. It's going to give me a little, little boost. But can I abstain? Can I endure it for a bit more? You know, can we do that today and see what we can do and give ourselves a bit? Because you're doing it anyway with macros in general, but it's interesting to see, like, are we really pushing ourselves, you know, in many ways? Are we, like, you know... David Gorgans is using, I love the guy, but, you know, crazy guy, he pushes it to the limits, and it's it's good in a sense, because he shows what the human body and mind is, is capable of, and there's a lot more in us than we think, but we have to unleash it through training, this winter's training, we actually put ourselves through these discomforts, so we can come out the other side stronger and better people, so that's another thing just to think about today, don't turn to comfort so much, you know, do the uncomfortable things, sit with uncomfort, sit in uncomfort for a bit. Mm-hmm. And let me see if there's one more for you guys from this book before we crack on with our day. Um, let's have a look. Of thing, okay. Of things that are, some are good. Of things that are, some are good and some are bad. And some are indifferent. The good, then, are virtues and the things which participate in virtues. The evil things, the opposite. And the indifferent things are wealth, health, reputation. So the Stoics believed, right, we should focus only on the good. And the good is actually just being virtuous itself, you know? Um, who was I speaking to? My mate saying he got his present for his um, sister's partner to go and watch the football, right? And he's going to go with him. But he got ill, so he couldn't go with him. So he told his sister she could go with him. But turns out he was ill as well. And he couldn't sell the tickets. He's gutted about it. And I was like, mate, don't stress too much about it. The, the nature of you actually getting him a gift is the good in itself. If it didn't follow through, it didn't follow through outside of your control. Yeah? Doing the good is the good. There's nothing more to it. If you want to give money to charity, don't expect praise back. You're doing it for the goodness of it. You're tracking, not necessarily to lose weight tomorrow, you're tracking for the goodness of actually looking at your own body and what you're putting into it. Yeah? You're doing these things for the virtue themselves, not the praise, not the reputation, right? Not the not the wealth you're going to get. Not really, sometimes not that, this thing, not even the health. You know, you go for a run for the fact that that moment, that time, you're a human being, you've gone and exerted yourself physically and you've done the goodness of improving the strength of your body and you might not still be able to run a 5k next next week. But that's fine. You've done the good thing. So, and I think that's a, that's a real, you know, that's a real radical way of thinking because we're always thinking what we do, what we get back. How's it what we just did good? Just did good today. Didn't want praise. Didn't want anything back. Message your mates in, thinking of you, your family, don't want anything back. Never want anything back, you do a good thing. That's it. The world would be a better place, wouldn't it? So that's your little um, quick run through the book. And that's just the start of the book, guys. Honestly, this book is going to be class, and I hope a lot of you join in. But hopefully that was, hopefully you had a bit of things to think about that. I hope you're enjoying it. And I will speak to you guys on Book Club tomorrow. So enjoy yourself, Turtle Radio with Ryan. Enjoy.